Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds team matchup in You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now. Here's your host, Cam Rogers. And welcome into Lock It In with Cam Rogers. What is going on? Thank you so much for tuning into the program here. Jam-packed show as always. Happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate. Catch me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. Here is the lowdown for today's show. My best bets for the three Thanksgiving football games that we have across the National Football League. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist at B. Riley Wealth Management, will talk about the markets, sports betting markets, where we are headed in that industry. As we enter 2023, always great insight with him. Quarterback Trevor Knight will give me his best bets across the NFL. TK coming on to talk about his picks, which is always a fun time. And then I will give my four best bets for the NFL here in week 12. Again, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99. Let's get into it. My best bets for the three Thanksgiving football games across the NFL. We start with the Bills and the Lions. The Lions are getting 10 points in this matchup. They've been good ATS 13 and 6 in their last 19 games. The Bills have been through a lot considering the storm and what have you. But here's the deal. The Lions' defense still has major issues, and the Bills are likely to expose it. Jordan Poirier is back on the defensive side for Buffalo, and I think he really was a difference in that game against the Browns a week ago. So I'll take the Bills to win this game by at least 11 points. Giants and Cowboys, by the way, a lot of movement amongst these lines here. Cowboys currently... Nine and a half point favorites at home. Did the Giants get caught looking ahead to this game in their loss to Detroit? Or are the Giants really just not that good, folks? One in five ATS in their last six games against NFC East opponents. The Giants rank 29th 
in the NFL in net yards per play at minus 0.7. The Cowboys, who are far better than the Giants in theory, rank fifth in the NFL in net yards per play at plus 0.7. The Giants are going to get exposed. I don't care if this line moves to 11. The Cowboys will win by at least two touchdowns, so they will cover that game. Patriots and Vikings. The Vikings are laying two and a half in this one. The Vikings aren't as bad as that loss to the Cowboys, but I don't think they are a top-tier NFC team. That said, I'm taking the Vikings to cover here just because the Patriots have issues on the offensive side. And even though that defense looked great last week, that defense always looks great against Zach Wilson. So Vikings cover here, minus two and a half. All right, there you go. My best bets for the Thanksgiving football games across the NFL. Coming up next, Art Hogan will talk about the sports betting markets and where we are headed in the industry. Keep it right here on Lock It In. Welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers. We're talking sports betting industry insight with one Art Hogan, chief market strategist at B. Riley Wealth Management. Catch him on Twitter at Art Hogan. Three L's. Uh, Art, appreciate the time, sir. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. Let's talk about this global sports betting market, which is expected to grow from $89 billion in 2021 to $99 billion in 2022. When you see that kind of growth, Art, what does it signify for the betting industry and market value overall? Yeah, great question. So, you have to take a step back and say, how did we get here, right? And I think that uh, going back to a Supreme Court decision in 2018, uh, allowing states to make the decision as to whether or not they're going to allow gaming um, really started this brush fire. And, and since 2018 coming into this morning, we've got 31 states and Washington, D.C. that have made the decision. We would love to have those tax revenues in our state mm. made that legal. There's another five that will likely make that same decision over the course of the next two months. So the growth is explosive. As a matter of fact, if you just look at the gaming spend since the 2018 Supreme Court decision, it's estimated that we've seen about $162 billion, right? So everyone wants a piece of that revenue. Unfortunately, as a startup, you know, take a company that's just been explosive in terms of a startup. DraftKings came public about five years ago, five or six years ago. And they're, they're arguably the front runner in getting people involved in this. They started with fantasy sports yep. and then navigated their way into actual gambling on live sports events. But th that comes at a cost. And that cost is what we refer to customer acquisition cost. So think about that. Like, Cam, your, your grandparents used to be offered a free bus ride to Atlantic City. They'd be given a roll of quarters mm -hmm. and hopefully they fall in love with, you know, whatever casino they went to and, and, and have return visits. Well, DraftKings is doing the same thing by giving out free bets. Welcome aboard. Your first $50 is free. And they've given out uh, so far this year, $220 million worth of bets. So what does that do? That cuts into their earnings, right? So their earnings are a few years out. And for publicly traded companies to not have earnings, uh, but have massive growth, used to be a very popular thing. We saw that with Netflix uh, ever since they shifted to streaming. We certainly saw that with Amazon for over a decade. They had a huge 
potential total addressable market, but it was going to be a while before they're profitable. Unfortunately, when interest rates start to rise, investors don't want to look to the future and say, I can't believe how much money you're going to make in three years. They really want to see some of that earnings now. And that's been one of the things that's been dogging DraftKings as compared to some of the incumbents that actually have brick and mortar buildings like a Las Vegas Sands. So DraftKings is down about 45% this year, uh, down about 65% over the course of the last 12 months. And uh, Las Vegas Sands is actually up and outperforming the S&P 500. And why is that? Well, the pandemic reopening got people back to Las Vegas. And, and you know, unfortunately, they also have properties in places like Macau in China, uh, Shanghai, and, and a lot of those places continue to be closed with the China zero COVID policy. But if you're thinking about the explosive growth, you have to temper your enthusiasm and think about how long will it be before some of these new and exciting companies are going to be profitable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with DraftKings in particular, they've gotten a lot of bad headlines, shall we say. I mean, the shares have declined more than 44% this year. You know, it's interesting. One analyst actually noted that now is a good time to buy in. It's a good entry point with DraftKings. What say you about that? Yeah, and you always try to, what's very difficult, except in hindsight, is to say, okay, how much of the bad news or the delay in earnings or the customer acquisition spend is already priced into a stock. Mm -hmm. I would certainly say being down 45% this year and, and uh, 60% over the course of the last 12 months probably is priced in a lot of the headwinds they're going to face. I think it's, they're, they're, you know, it's very transparent how much money people are spending to get these new customers. But what's hard to price in is how much competition is going to come from the incumbents. MGM, for example, has an exciting online, online offering. Obviously, they're competing with the DraftKings. Las Vegas Sands is doing the same thing. So the, the incumbents like a Penn Gaming isn't going to stand still and let DraftKings have the entire pie. There's going to be some battle for this total addressable market. Penn Gaming did uh, something interesting uh, about 18 months ago by bringing on uh, Dave Portney from... Uh, Right. From Barstool and in you know, hoping that that would generate some buzz and, and, and give them a larger slice of the pie. So I would say that analyzing DraftKings in and of itself, it's certainly priced in a lot of the headwinds. Hard to know if they're going to face new and, and, and more arduous headwinds. But I would certainly say you're a lot closer to it being investable now than than you were 12 months ago. And talking about earnings and going into the green, if you will, do these companies need more states to legalize or can they survive just in theory if everything is status quo for the next 20 years? You know, the states remain the same in terms of the laws and all that. Yeah, you know what? That's a great question. I think the companies are built to have a national uh, acceptance of, of gaming on a state-by-state -state basis. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, let's face it, we've got 31 states already. There's another five that likely over the course of the next quarter or so have that vote. And, and, and so then you're, you're talking about 35 or 36 states. There's not much more, you know, to really drop. And I think, it, you know, it's an industry that was really built on, hey, eventually this is going to be legal everywhere. Very much like the cannabis industry is built that way, right? It's, it's one state at a time. And now some form of cannabis is legal in about 40 states. So, you know, I think the cannabis industry is betting that eventually every state will have some form of acceptance of gaming and, uh, and I think that that's why it's set up that way. I think it's, it's they're very much set up with this big spend on the upfront, this big acquisition cost, a lot of advertising. And, and, and hopefully once they gain that traction, they can ratchet down that aggressive spend and start letting some of that top line revenue come down to the bottom line of, in, in terms of earnings.
symbolic of that too. I mean, you're watching Monday night football and the game is still kind of going on. And then in the corner of your screen is a DraftKings commercial, right? So the amount of spending that this company has done is pretty amazing. And so hopefully it works out for them. I want to throw some numbers at you. Caesars down 47, Penn Entertainment down 22, and then DraftKings down as well over the course of the last year to date. When I give you those numbers, mm-hmm. and I'm someone, by the way, who thinks we're heading in a great direction with sports betting. Obviously, I'm covering it and all that good stuff. But when I tell you those numbers, will you say back to me, just give it some time? Yeah, I would. I would. What I would tell you, here's the three things to think about. First and foremost, the market is a forward pricing mechanism, right? So the market's actually forecasting what's going to happen over the next six to 12 months, not what just happened over the last 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. So we try to price in what we think the potential headwinds will be for businesses and they're getting to earnings positive. I think the, the second thing to think about is like it or not, gambling is relatively recession proof, right? It's one of those things that tends to do better even in a slower economy, which we're likely to see at some point next year mm-hmm. uh, as the Fed you know, gradually uh, raises rates and economic activity slows down. And that's true globally as well, right? So you've got a touch of, of recession resistance, a lot of bad news already priced in, and a huge total addressable market that we really haven't scratched the surface on yet. So I think it's a, you know, obviously it's a growth sector. I think once interest rates stop going up precipitously or parabolically like they have been, investors will feel more comfortable in what we refer to as a long duration trade. And that just means it's going to be a while before we show you earnings, but we're going to grow our revenues rapidly. So I think that the entirety of the space has some positives and probably more positives than negatives. Well, how about this report that I saw in my research? It noted that the sports betting market value of $167 billion is going to happen by 2029. In those projections, do you see something like that as well? I feel like more and more companies are going to be publicly traded. You would think maybe FanDuel gets in the game, something like that. But that's a massive number by 2029. Yeah, and it's not impossible to believe that. So it's just I look at this as like any other revolution we've gone through, right? It was the start of the internet, 96, 97, 98. A lot of companies came public. A lot of them don't exist anymore. But the size of the internet-related online commerce and everything that it touches our life exploded over that five-year period. The same kind of growth, I think, is going to be here for gaming. And it's and it's not just the incumbents that we all know so well, like the MGMs and the Pens and the Las Vegas Sands of the world. There's, you know, everybody wants a piece of this growing addressable market. It's becoming the... The norm, not the exception for states to have, you know, laws that permit that. And I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think the revenue projections in the total gross market are, are clearly achievable. But how to, how to do it profitably is going to be the, the, the catchphrase. You really have to watch for the guys that are overspending to get in the business, paying too much to get clients in the door. And that's how you break a, a business model. And then what typically happens is some of the upstarts, some of the disruptors end up getting bought or acquired by some of the legacy players because it's a lot cheaper to buy somebody oftentimes and say, okay, now we have MGM and DraftKings or and FanDuel or, you know, those types of things where incumbents can say, I just can't build it for the same price. I could probably buy one of these upstarts and and bring them in with synergies and, and make it a viable business with inside our old legacy business at casinos. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, joining Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Art, really good insight here. It's going to be really interesting to see where we are headed and what happens in this sports betting world. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to see you. Welcome back to Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Joining the show right now, my pal Trevor Knight, former UNH quarterback, Great Cup champion, TKQB Academy. TK, what's up, man? How are we doing? Thank you for having me. 
Always a blast to have you on the show. Hey, let's dive into some quarterback talk, my friend. And I want to talk about this whole zappy mania thing, which obviously has died down since it all started. But there really was a legitimate debate that was going on in talk radio in Boston and all this good stuff. So what did you make of Zappy coming in for Mac Jones? And do you think there is an argument that Zappy should be the starting quarterback right now? Or where are you at on that? Um, you know, I think Zappy did a great job. He did his job as a backup quarterback. He came in and, um, you know, was efficient, didn't turn the ball over. Um, you know, I remember like when he first came in, those first couple of throws looked like lollipops, you know. Mm. Looked like they were hanging in the air for five seconds, but he's pretty talented. I mean, you look at what he did in college, it's pretty impressive. I mean, he, he like broke every single passing record, so he doesn't stink. But um, I think Max Mac Jones is the guy. I don't think as you know, quarterbacks, you can't go back and forth. You know, you you got one guy, that's it. Um, I think just their offensive coordinator situation, what they're running on offense is is you could put Pat Mahomes back there. He might do something with it, but. <laughs> You put anyone, most people back there, right? They they'd look terrible. So, I'm surprised Mac Jones has had the success he's had. And Mac Jones, like he's not bad, right? I mean, I know the Pro Bowls really washed down, you know, everything, but he was a Pro Bowler, you know, and um, won a national championship at Bama. So he can he can do it. He can play in the under the bright light. So, I think that's our guy. We just need a we Patriots need an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Now, have they named one at all? Because that was the big debate going into this season. Have they well, named I, anybody? I, they say Matt Patricia's running it. Um, whoever's running it needs to do something else. Right. Because um, they're bad. They got guys running routes in the same same spots. It's it's terrible. Yeah. It's like uh, something you see at like a middle school game. <laughs> middle it's, school It's seriously bad. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that game was sort of brutal to watch, the Patriots and Jets. I mean, great defense, by the way, on both sides of the football. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. So, actually, this just kind of occurred to me, too. Zach Wilson's press conference. You were a quarterback. You're a champion. You saw what he said. When you see something like that, and for those who don't know, he basically deflected any blame on himself during that football game. How did you react? I mean, what do you make of that? I mean... It wasn't even the reporter put it on the offense, not even on him. So I think even if they scored 40, you know, if you score 42 points and uh, you had 10 drives, that means you went six for 10. You could always do more. So uh, I feel like, you know, if you're not performing at the, you know, the highest percentage then you could be doing better and you did let your teammates down because what they have, how many drives did the Patriots have? They let up three points, right? you know? So you got to be able to come out with more and it's just terrible. It's terrible leadership. I don't, I won't be surprised if that team kind of turns on him because that's mm. something that can really mess with the locker room. Um, and it's honestly, I, I was pretty shocked when I saw that. So was I, I mean, for the most part, these players in the NFL are pretty good about, the players speak, if you will, you know, you mm -hmm. don't take the credit for the wins and you take the blame for the losses. And Zach Wilson obviously did not do that last weekend. So we'll see what happens going forward. By the way, I guess Robert Sala is not ruling out replacing Wilson with Flacco or Mike White, mm -hmm. a quarterback. So we'll see what yep. occurs with that. Uh, let's Raven parlay. Yeah. Your boy Flacco. <laughs> exactly. 
my king, God bless him, got me a ring. And uh, well, that's perfect segue here into my other guy, Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. He's mm-hmm. betting on himself. All right, so hoping for the contract after this season. Flacco bet on himself, won a Super Bowl, and then cashed out. What do you make of Lamar Jackson's play so far this year? And do you think the Ravens should shell out that money in the offseason? Uh, yeah, I think he could name the price. I think he got to pay it. He's he's incredible, you know? Um, the the whole theory of him not being able to throw, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty much gone. Um, now I think them as an offense, they're not built to come from behind as is. Um, it's not him, you know? So that's a lot of pieces to the puzzle there. They're always playing like seven tight ends, you know, line up in these crazy formations. So to go from that to now we're going to line up an empty and start airing it out. you know, it's just a, it's a different whole style of offense. So, uh, but he runs, he runs that better than anyone anyone else you know you need four yards he's gonna get you five um incredibly competitive he's i mean he's just incredible he really is <laughs> as a I mean, as a ravens fan you gotta just love him right well i sometimes just laugh to myself because i can't help but juxtapose like flacco who was a statue in the pocket and if like there was a hand in his face it was over but with lamar i mean the play is never over with him at the quarterback never. position so it's just so funny to see the differences there and I thank my lucky stars every day for waking up as a Ravens fan and having Lamar Jackson as my quarterback. And I hope we sign him and pay him the money that he deserves. He needs some help at wide receiver. I'll give you that much uh, as well. Can't just be Mark Andrews, you know, running seam routes all day. So we need some help on the outside. Now, I right. do like uh, Isaiah Likely, too. Yes. Yes. We need more two tight ends. He's going to be special. Yeah. And we saw a good chunk of him when Mark Andrews was out uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm very high on him. In terms of the rookie class from last year, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, who has impressed you the most? Because the argument could be made. All of a sudden, Justin Fields is sort of that guy in pole position. Yeah, it's tough because last year, you didn't really get a good look at Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields because of – how poorly the coaching was, hmm. you know, you watch the film. It's like, these guys are dropping back, getting no protection, uh, no, you know, quick route. Like not, there's just nothing that makes sense, especially for a rookie quarterback. Um, so this year we're finally getting a good glimpse. I think Justin Fields has been electric so far started out kind of iffy, but you got to think it's a new offense. He's going to, he's been getting better every game. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence has had some really, really, uh, really good breakout games. So he, he's been fun to watch. Um, and he's, as they build around him, he's just going to get better and better. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think the Jaguars are that bad. I actually make some money off them because they play everyone kind of close. So I always put them in my teasers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'd say those two guys are, are head and shoulders everywhere, head and shoulders above everyone else. And we'll get to your best bets very soon here. I want to ask you, put you on the spot, who are your top five active NFL quarterbacks as we stand? I think uh, Patty Mahomes and Josh Allen, one and two. Uh, it's Sometimes it's Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the mm-hmm. world. Other times it's Patty Mahomes. It depends on the week. But those two guys are 
in my mind, are head and shoulders above everyone else. You know, you can put them on any team, you're going to have a chance to win. Um, and then three, three, four, five, I'd probably go um, Lamar. I'd throw Lamar in there in the top five, of course, just because of his, his, his game-breaking ability. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll throw in the two old guys, Rodgers and Brady. Wow, okay. Just because, you know, I, I think they're special. And I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I mean, two is kind of popping off this year. Jalen Hurts is popping off. Um, Justin Herbert continues to 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 ball out. You know, he's fun to watch. Uh, Gino, Gino now. Comeback he's, player of he's the year, gonna, perhaps? Yeah, he's going to get him some money. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good quarterbacks out right now. Um. Now, there's also some teams that are hurting for some, like uh, the Jets. You know, they got to put my boy Strebler in, you know, get a spark. Anything will do. Anything but yeah. Zach Wilson right now, clearly. All right, mm -hmm. TK's power rankings right now for the active NFL quarterbacks. Let's quickly look ahead to Thanksgiving night, if I may, because your Patriots are in action against the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings are a fraudulent team tk and yep. that was proven last week when they got just trounced by the cowboys they're laying two and a half against new england at home what do you make of this matchup in general any bets on this game at all or are you just going to enjoy it as a fan you know you gotta bill bill i try to stay away from patriots betting patriots games just because bill belichick it, they're so weird mm -hmm. you know like they'll get blown out by the bears and then they'll go and like beat the bills you know they just never make any sense. So I typically stay away. Um, although two and a half is a little frisky. Could buy it up in a monster teaser, 13 points to, um, you know, 15 and a half. I would like that. I'd also like buying a teaser, um, like a 10, three team, 10 point teaser up to 12 and a half. Their offense is just so bad. Uh, not play like not even the players, but just schematically that I don't have faith that, Matt Patricia is going to get a good game plan to score, even though the Cowboys just dropped 40 on them. I don't trust him enough that he's going to get a good plan in to score points. So um, I do feel like they'll play good defense. Obviously, you get to Kirk. You sack him a couple of times, and he just looks – I mean, he looks so bad last Especially week. Especially in prime after time. Looking, yeah, after <laughs> looking just incredible uh, all year, he looked – horrible yesterday so you know the fact that you can go from up and down like that is a little scary you know you'll see josh allen have bad games he still has 300 yards he just has like a he's young he just has a stupid interception you know something like that a bad right. fumble he's not going like 11 for 34 with two picks and sacked eight times you know that there's some quarterbacks you can tr put your trust in to bet on. There's other ones you just can't. You know, Kirk is a guy, can't really trust him. So that to me is two untrustworthy guys. I'm out. You staying know? away. I'm, I'm out. I'm staying away. <laughs> it is a fishy line, that is for sure. And it moved from three to two and a half. So that gives you some mm -hmm. indication there. All right, my well, man. You got to think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go you got to think like Vikings could be down or they could be, you know, you don't know where they're, where their heads are at. So. Sure. You get blown out like that, I'll stay away. Yeah, short week too, so you have to uh, have some short memory there.
All right, let's get to your best bets for the week, sir. And we start with a Thanksgiving showdown, Giants and Cowboys. Cowboys laying nine and a half here. Where do you see the value? What do you want to do with this one? Um, you know, I think the Cowboys are probably riding high off their last game. Um, probably had a grand old time on the plane. I don't know if they went straight to New York or back to Dallas. And they're going to go, I mean, a lot of travel for them. Um, is it, wait, is it in, in Dallas, the yep, game? It's in Dallas. It's in Dallas. So, so they probably went back, um, which is definitely an advantage, but you know, I think they probably, uh, you know, that was a very emotional game beating someone like that uh, short week. And you look at the past uh, Cowboys giants games, you know, they're, they're typically close. I know last year there was two kind of blowouts, but this year was close the year before that year before that they've all been decided within seven points or so. So I'll buy them up a point to okay. plus 10 and a half. And I'd take the giants. Okay. Giants to cover in that one. Ravens and Jaguars in Jacksonville, kind of a fishy line. Not really sure what's going on here in Vegas because the Jags are only getting four here. What do you want to do with this one? I think the Ravens can win by a touchdown, but what do you say? I think they can too. Um, but, you know, the Ravens, sometimes they like playing teams tough for no reason. You know, teams that they could blow out, they don't. Um, now, I will say the J Jacksonville's defense is pretty athletic. Mm -hmm which, you know, maybe could be a problem for Lamar. Um, so maybe that's why the line's so low. I still think the Ravens are just the better team. I don't think – I think in their locker room, their coach – you know, they they can't really afford to lose a stupid one like this uh, at this point in the season. So I'll buy them down to minus two and a half, and uh, I'll take them there. Yeah, I like that move. Just be careful Thanksgiving. Don't drink too much. Don't be hungover on the plane to Jacksonville. Maybe you're partying in Jacksonville. I mean, the Bills, remember, they went to Jacksonville and lost to like, uh, I think it was a score of nine to six or something. So yeah. it's a scary area, you know? It is. Jacksonville, you know, a lot of distractions. A lot of distractions. A lot of partying. All right. Chargers and Cardinals. Interesting one here. We're going to assume that Kyler is playing at the quarterback position. Cardinals are getting four and a half at home. What do you like here? Um, you know, you look at the history of I like Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I think he's a cool, swaggy dude. I don't think their locker room is meshing very well right now in Arizona. Mm -hmm. It's a short week. Um, they just had a t they just played uh had a tough one. Uh just got embarrassed, so I can't imagine the the meshing's getting any better. And uh, you know, I gotta gotta go with the Chargers. They just put up a great fight uh, against Kansas City. They should have won that game, but you give Patty Mahomes twenty seconds, you're sad, but proves time and time again. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I'll take them um, at two and a half by the Not points. A big travel. Yeah, not a big yep. travel commute for them. They've been pretty good on the road as well, even though playing at home for them is still on the road, it seems, out there mm -hmm. at SoFi. So the Chargers are well-equipped about that. Bears taking on the Jets. The Jets are favored by four and a half. This line could be reflective of Justin Fields' injury, reportedly a dislocated shoulder. I don't know what that means in terms of recovery time. But you're saying if Fields is healthy, you like the points here? 
what I do. If Fields is healthy, I'd buy them up to plus plus six. Okay. Um, they've been playing teams close. The Jets have, you know, ever since Brees Hall went down, I feel like they haven't really been the same. Um, Zach Wilson's confidence can't be very high. He's going to have a lot of – there's going to be a lot of pressure on him if he plays. Um, you know, worst-case scenario for this game is if you bet it early in the week, Zach Wilson doesn't play, Joe Flacco plays, and Justin Fields is, uh, doesn't play. So right. I'd, la- I'd wait for this. Um, now, that being said, the line could change. Um, but I still, I still don't think the Bears are that bad of a football team. I mean, you got to look at it like, uh, you know, the Bears just – embarrassed the Patriots uh pretty badly and we just embarrassed the Jets twice this year pretty badly so I gotta go with the Bears uh you gotta take them with the points it's a funny game I mean the Bengals went to the Jets lost to the Jets and Mike White and then went on to play in the Super Bowl it's just literally any given week in the NFL yeah I mean these guys are all professional I right. like Team to team, the talent level could be here, but it's all pretty much right here. You may have one guy that puts you over the edge, like a Justin Jefferson, right? They don't have him in Minnesota. You know, who knows, right? So all the teams are basically the same. <laughs> it just depends on the week, and all a lot of it is coaching as well. The talent differential is razor thin in the NFL. It's the elite of the elite, and that's why mm-hmm. we have those upsets. But eventually yep. things sort of work itself out. The better teams end up, of course, going on deeper runs in the playoffs. Trevor Knight's best bets here on Lock It In with Cam Rogers. TK, want to ask you about the Academy. How is it going so far, man? Oh, it's going great. Um, guys had great years this year. Uh, we got one guy in the Division One State Championship in New Hampshire awesome. uh, this week. This kid, Danny Black, Bedford High School's uh, quarterback. This past weekend, we had um, two guys in our Division II state championship. We had um, Jake Travis from Pelham. He's a senior. They just three-peated. Uh, he never lost a football game um, in the state of New Hampshire from youth all the way through high school Wow! as a starting quarterback. So that's pretty crazy, pretty crazy stat. Um, then who, the team who lost was Sauhegan High School out of Amherst. Um, they have a sophomore quarterback, Romy Jane. Well, I've been training since he was uh you know seventh grade. He's a sophomore now. Um they had a great year. And then uh we had two guys in the Massachusetts State playoffs. Uh Drew Eason out of Methuen. Methuen High School made it to the Division One semifinals in Massachusetts. Uh they just lost to Springfield Central, but he had a great season. And Kyle Wilder lost to Catholic Memorial in the Division Two quarterfinals. Um Kyle's a Chelmsford junior and uh he just broke the state or he broke the Chelmsford record for touchdowns in a season as a junior. So, wow. you know, I just want to shout out those guys because yeah. uh, they're, they had a great season and they crushed it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and we got young guys too. They it's, it's been pretty crazy. A lot of, a lot of guys. <laughs> Rewarding, I think is the word as well for you. And uh, all the more success as you go forward with that, sir. And uh, appreciate the time as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you, Cam. You as well. All right. Shout out to Trevor Knight for joining the program right here on Lock It In. Always a great conversation with him. Let's get to my four best bets for the NFL Sunday games. And we start with the Baltimore Ravens laying four on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I don't understand this line. Yes, the Jaguars are better at home, but they are not a winning team. The Ravens will win this game by at least a touchdown. The Falcons are getting four on the road against the Commanders. I'm going with the Falcons here, plus four to cover. Great running teams on the road have been covering quite often so far this NFL season, so I will go with Atlanta here. Tampa Bay taking on the Browns. Deshaun Watson is back, but does it matter? I'm going with the Bucks here, minus three to cover. I think this team is finally hitting its stride in this line. Is not big enough, in my opinion. The Bucks should be favored by like seven and a half. So I'm going with Tampa Bay there to cover. And then the Denver Broncos, minus two and a half. They can cover this football game with their defense alone against the Carolina Panthers. This team has been such a disappointment in the AFC, talking about Denver here, but I think they find a way to win an ugly game Minus four, something along those lines should be the actual number, in my opinion. So Broncos minus two and a half. There you go. My best bets for the NFL Sunday games. Thank you so much for tuning in to Lock It In with Cam Rogers, presented by Bet Online. Again, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.